What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the cantina. I'll take a half-calf spotchka. Lightweight. Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible. Or getting your pod racer serviced. My pod racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer. And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way, but there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash audible. Click the Audible logo and start your 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today. Hey everyone, it is Eric with a really fast cold open for you on this episode of The Living Force. We are going to get you over to our interview with Michael Morisi in just a second, but I just wanted to give you guys a few quick updates before we do. In case you're unaware, the novelization of The Rise of Skywalker was released this Tuesday uh, worldwide. And if you want to hear our thoughts, my spoiler-free review is up on utini.com right now. So if you're on the fence on whether to buy it, you don't want to be spoiled, head over to Utini, check out my article saying what I thought about the novelization. And we want to give a couple shout-outs. A huge thank you first to Katie Fulner, our most recent patron who joined our Guardian of the Wills last week. Thank you, Katie. Welcome to the family. And on those Guardians levels, we just recorded an episode of Bounty Hunt about unfinished business. That's the fourth episode of the latest Clone Wars season that is out right now, as is the latest Legends Look Back episode where Trevor joined our crew of Jared and Freddy to talk about Le- about Darth Plagueis. Sorry about James Luceno. Trevor is a huge font of Darth Plagueis knowledge and Legends knowledge. You do not want to miss that episode. Both are on the Patreon feed as we speak. And coming up soon will be the Han Solo Adventures by Brian Daly, where our own friend Carl is going to join the boys on Legends Look Back to talk about that. So if you're looking for your next read, you finish the novelization, pick up the Han Solo Adventures again to check that out. All right, we will be back next week with our regular live show. We're going to do book reviews, book news, all that stuff as normal. But for now... Go ahead and listen to our interview with Michael Morisi. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. A Utini production. (laughs) Episode number 48, interview with Michael Morisi. (laughs) On this episode, the Utini crew talks with author Michael Morisi about his latest Star Wars project. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Hilton, Eric Eilerson, and Dr. Charles Hankel. With no intro whatsoever, we are going to jump right into episode 48 of the Living Force podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and with me, as always, are the doctors. We have Dr. Corey Hilton. Hello. What is happening? We have Dr. Charles Hankel. Hello. What's up, guys? Joining us for a very special episode is author extraordinaire Michael Morisi. Hey, man. Hey, hey, how's it going? It's great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Thanks for having me. This is great. Naturally. If Michael's voice sounds familiar to you, you may have seen him on roughly 10,000 different bylines. Uh, So we're going to go real quick. A a little bit of your work for our listeners. If you are a comics fan, my God, have you seen this guy's name? Just to name a few. We have comics like Wasted Space, The Plot, Burning Fields, Hoax Hunters, The Flash, Planet of the Apes, Superman, Archie Meets Batman 66, Hack and Slash, Superman, and more. We have novels like Black Star Renegades, We Are Mayhem, and The Throwaway, and in the Star Wars world. He's been a contributing writer for StarWars.com, has written the Star Wars Adventures comics, and upcoming is the writer of Star Wars Adventures, The Clone Wars, 
Battle Tales. Whew. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the show officially. Yeah. Uh, Good. So we are. It's a proper intro <laughs> yeah exactly we're gonna have that uh that all written out in all the show notes it's gonna take up three pages it's gonna be great uh so we'll we'll dive, dive right in with the obvious michael how did you first get into star wars uh like as a writing it or as a fan let's do just fan first yeah uh well i grew up uh as like a child of that that era you know i grew up uh, New Hope came out before I was born. Um, so actually, uh, Empire came out like just like four weeks before I was born. Um, oh. Yeah, so we're right around the same time. But when I was growing up, it was, um, I had an older brother that was into it. My parents and my uncles loved it. So it was always kind of around uh, the house. It was on, uh, as a fellow Chicagoan, you'll know when I say WGN, it was always, uh, yep. it was always on WGN. <laughs> New Hope was on. Uh, so um you know, it started there, just like so many other people, just accessibility to it. And it was always kind of around. Jedi came out when I was like three or four or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then my brother and I, you know, had all the toys and we played lightsaber battles with, you know, wiffle bats. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that evolved into um, like imagining what would happen after Return of the Jedi and our own fan mm -hmm. stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I've been, I've been with Star Wars and or, you know, or Star Wars with me, whichever way you want to say, uh, since yeah. as long as I can remember. Man, so now being being that young age when Jedi came out, that's like prime Ewok time, I would assume. Because like when I was a kid, that was my, <laughs> I jumped right in. What was your What was your favorite as a kid like, since they came out when you were that young? Um, I always loved, and I think just because, and I mean, you know, date myself here, but um, they were so inaccessible. You know, at the time, like I didn't really right. start having a favorite necessarily until they were they came out on VHS box set and were accessible. Because back in that day, it was just still beta, and beta was like nobody owned beta machines, let alone beta movies. You know, right? Um, so, I mean, I love New Hope or at that time, just Star Wars, <laughs> um, right? Yeah, um, because it was on. It was the only thing that was really on all the time. You know, that was that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I saw that the most, and, I, and I'm sure that I loved that the most. And then eventually, you know, just, you know, caught up with Jedi, VHS came out, got the trilogy. Um, but Empire, once I started being able to be able to, like, judge them as a whole and watch them enough, I think Empire became my favorite and still my, my favorite now. Yeah, it's... It's a it's a perfect movie. I don't th hot take of the day from uh, from this podcast. Empire is pretty perfect. Yeah. Now this that era is also like that's like peak Marvel Star Wars comics era. Like those like they look like He Man like cartoons. You know what I'm talking about. So did you did you ever oh, get yeah. into that like back in that time? Was that sort of your first soiree into uh, the expanded universe? No, actually, um, I didn't, you know, it was kind of weird. I lived, so I grew up, you know, again, going to Chicago, I grew up uh, on the South side and there really wasn't comic shops around. We had like the Seven Eleven spinner rack, which was basically it. Um, so I didn't get introduced. Um, and I don't know if I'm getting this right. I don't know if my memory serves. I feel like I had some comics. I probably did, but I feel like my real, like, uh, expanded universe awakening is when I was in a bookstore and seeing an actual like display they had. Uh, and I know there's novels out prior to the Timothy's on, but I remember going mm -hmm. into like a Walden or B, B Dalton or something like that. And them actually having a display 
with Air of the Empire. And that was like the first time I really discovered that there was more beyond the movies. That's awesome. I think we all owe Timothy Zahn so much oh, <laughs> of God. our life at this point. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Especially you say you and your brother are wondering, you know, what happened post-Jedi and then walking in and being like, oh, my God, they did it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Here it yeah, is. Yeah. I, I think that was – I think that's still like an experience that I don't think a lot of us – a lot of us can really – a lot of people these days can have as much anymore because now there's – it's such common knowledge almost this whole canon and legends and there's books that don't actually matter and things like that, right? Like, but then I remember myself when I picked up Heir to the Empire, it was like – Wow, this is the next film. This is the one they're going to make. This is the one that's going to be like, and that was everybody's thought in their mind. It was a continuation of the story, and that was always awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think the other stuff, not to diminish anything, because I love some of those books, like the Brian Daly stuff comes to oh, mind. For is, oh, for sure. Yeah, us too. Great, great stuff. God. I feel like this is the stuff that, like, and we didn't really, you guys know, we didn't really think or talk about canon, you know, the way that people talk mm-hmm. about canon yeah. now. But that felt like the first yeah. thing that was like this this house yeah. like this is mm-hmm. the continuation yeah. story where stuff, other stuff yeah, was like here's some fun stuff if you want to explore a little bit more where like that was like this is now this this is the next piece of the story yeah totally totally so speaking of great writers timothy zahn and yourself included michael um <laughs> How, oh, how did sense. you? Uh... <laughs> I'm going. This is your life, man. Welcome there. to it. <laughs> um, so, how did you kind of first come into writing? Was that the plan? Whenever you used to be watching A New Hope on TV, were you planning on writing the next big Star Wars story, or how did all of that come about? Yeah, I mean, it's always been a dream of mine for sure. Um, the opportunities, I think, didn't really open up too much like when i started like conceivably being able to take a shot you know to take my shot at star wars when i was like publishing comics and was like okay like i can i can maybe do this you know like mm-hmm. it's not like some you know whoever i will I, never, I, I always feel like just some some stranger off the streets but maybe i was less of a stranger off the streets once i was getting published you know right, um, right sure and at that time <laughs> um at that time there was only um um, uh, what should I call it? Dark Horse was doing it, and Dark Horse mm-hmm. was doing, granted, really good stuff, but it was limited. It was basically Brian Wood doing like ninety percent of it, so there wasn't really, unfortunately, like too many, um, too many opportunities that like really existed um, until Disney came along and, and mm-hmm. you know bought you know Lucasfilm, and that that whole paradigm changed and kind of brought Star Wars back to be to like being a franchise, a, a live franchise again. Yeah. Um, so after that time, I was kind of like dovetailed the time where I was doing more work. So I was like, well, I feel like this is conceivably a thing now. There's going to be a lot more opportunities. There's so much more robust publishing things are going to be happening. So like, hey, I can kind of do this. So that's when I really started to pursue it in earnest, you know, because like I said, it was possible, I felt. And I felt like it was something I always want to do. So I started... I was working for StarWars.com and um, just because I wanted to and I had the opportunity, but I was always going after this thing. I think one of the first things I did, and this is getting long-winded, so I no, apologize. Sure. <laughs> um, one of the first things I did was um, I started making some uh, fan comics. Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, cool. <laughs> um, and those fan comics I was doing with a friend of mine or a couple of friends of mine, Art and a buddy was writing too were the first things that started spreading around and people started to know, Oh, this guy's like a big fan. This guy is legitimately 
making Star Wars, love Star Wars. And I think that started putting attention on me. I got to meet some Lucasfilm people. I then I like a year later, Black Star Renegades came out, which is a very Star Wars-ish novel. And that's when this mm-hmm. everything started to coalesce to getting me a realistic shot with you know speaking to the right people in Lucasfilm and being able to say, here's what I do, here's who I am, and here's what I would like to do. Um, and when opportunity is still a while before something opened up where they said, oh, we have this and we know you, and that those two things came together. Yeah. Um, but it was, a, I mean, it was a pretty long road. I mean, uh, not even dating back for how long I want to do. It was just a long road of like, okay, this is possible, and I've got a shot, and then taking the shot, and then seeing something materialize. Right on. Yeah, so Eric gave you quite the intro there, and like I'm very curious. You've written a ton of original work. A lot of it I'm a little familiar with, some of it I'm not so familiar with. So what exactly is it about about creating your own characters and stories that get you so excited? I mean, obviously you're here with Star Wars stuff, and that's why you're here on our show, but you have a ton of original stuff. So like, what is it that, that gets you going about that original stuff? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, that's always been – there are – I think when you look at like – genre writing and especially kind of like for lack of a term like comic writing because comic writing is dominated by like ip marvel dc and as much as i love those characters as much as i grew up on those characters that's not there's a lot of guys and girls and women you know who are a lot of people who like want to get into comics is like i gotta write spider right yeah like this is my thing and that's totally cool that's totally awesome that's never been, except for Star Wars, hand to God, except for Star Wars. I've got like the, <laughs> like the rebel tattoo to prove it. Um, yeah, yeah. Except nice, for Star nice. Wars. <laughs> I've never been like, this is why I'm getting into comics. Like I've always wanted to go and tell my own stories. The things I grew up on in terms of comics are, are Vertigo and Howard Chaykin and Garth Ennis and, and yeah. you know, Warren Ellis and et cetera. Um, that's been the stuff that gets me most inspired and things that I want to do. So I've always pursued, I want to carve out my own thing. I think it's a little more difficult, you know, to like, you can make your own comic and maybe 5,000 people buy it when you're, you first start out, or if you can, you know, go right for, uh, you know, whatever green arrow and 30,000 people buy it, you know, and all of a sudden 30,000 people know who you are. Um, but I always stuck to my guns of like being like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do what I'm passionate about, what gets me excited and what gets me excited is creating my own things and being able to tell, tell my own stories in, in the way that I want to tell them. Um, I step out of it from time to time, but basically that's, that's where my inspiration is. Oh, and, I, and I love that. I, I love that you keep going back. Um, cause you mentioned, you know, starting original, you've always kept your originals going. Um, <laughs> But on that note of the other stuff, too, you were part of the DC Writers Program, and um, you did such things afterwards like Suicide Squad, Green Lantern, some of those superhero books you were mentioning you'll kind of dip into every once in a while. Um, How did that program, even though you were already doing original stuff, how did that kind of program change your writing style into dipping into those major IPs, and how do you find that difference between writing those versus coming back to your originals afterwards? Um, well, it was weird, man. It was weird because like I was, and I remember this clearly, I was in Florida on vacation with my kids at the time. And I got this call when I was somewhere, you know, and I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, what is, you know, for some reason I answer it. And it was DC. And they're like, you want to do this writing program? And I was like, okay. (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm, I'm free, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a super, I was super honored and thrilled, but it was like, it was so out of the blue. And I was like, just like, didn't even like my head around it until I went home and it was great. Um, but, you know, I did it. Uh, Scott Snyder taught it and Scott's fantastic. A great oh, writer. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Great guy. And yeah, I, I love Scott. Oh yeah. He's yeah. He's awesome. But he, um, I learned a ton. Like he, um, I hadn't done too much superhero work prior. I don't remember what I did in before and after. Cause it was all kind of or things are happening around the same time. But um, I learned a ton about how to write superhero stories, you know, like, and I don't think as much as I read them, uh, I don't think I really knew how they worked as well as how Scott explained they worked. Um, so I learned a ton. And then after that, you know, I really was committed to the class and I was thoroughly thrilled about being in the class that, some more of those opportunities kind of sprang up and um, I was lucky to get some good opportunities to write, you know, Superman, the flash and uh, some other cool characters that like um, it was, it was a blast. It was, it was awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, I learned a ton. I'm glad I did it. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, you've written for a lot of licensed work. I know we talked about a lot of it at the top of the show, but Conan, the barbarian, Dishonored, The Shadow, Army of Darkness, RoboCop, Planet Robo-Cop. of the Apes. <laughs> some some really awesome things in addition to Star Wars. So what is it that just thrills you about writing these science fiction fantasy kind of universes, not just Star Wars, but all of these things that I just mentioned? What brings you to sci-fi and fantasy ultimately? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's been lucky because, yeah, I do get those kind of opportunities that are cool. Like, uh, like you said, RoboCop, I did uh, a Battlestar series last year, and I'm a huge Battlestar fan. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that question because it's, I was watching um, uh, Picard uh, last night, the, you know, CBS show, and yeah. I think it's brilliant. I think it's great. And I'm not even a huge Star Trek fan, to be honest. My wife is a huge Star Trek fan. Um, I'm, I'm on the other side. <laughs> All right. So you can, we can keep the podcast going. It's okay. Easy, everyone. Easy. It's okay. We'll Star edit Trek. that out. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I'm watching that and it's so, it's such a great, it's such, the show is so emblematic of why I love sci-fi fantasy because it quite simply puts great ideas and compelling entertaining packages you know, uh, Picard is is really doing some really intelligent things about what it is to be human, about the nature of warfare, about the responsibility that we share uh, to each other, to the to the world at, uh, at large, or in that case, the galaxy at large. Uh, but never at any point does it feel like it's it's never boring. It's it's always balancing out those really big ideas with a really great story, you know, and really great characters. And I think that's the best way to really distill those big ideas that's why sci-fi and fantasy is so effective you know that's what makes it count you know you could do something like what you know someone like ray bradbury did so so wonderfully well and so magically is to get someone to read a book and change their hearts and mind without preaching to them without condescending to them and that's Mm -hmm. that's a very powerful thing in sci-fi fantasy and even you know horror sometimes i think horror is more personal than sci-fi fantasy sci-fi is concerned with bigger things um but that's a really again a really powerful thing that you can do in those genres and star wars does it too um and that that's what i at least aspire to do when i when i when i work on those properties or, or make stuff of my own absolutely well uh 
taking a quick detour detour away from all those awesome comics, I want to talk about uh, the novels <coughs> you've written here for a second. Because you've written a number of prose books in addition to your comic work, kind of like a lot of Star Wars authors, like Charles Soule, for instance, likes to dip his um, pen in both wells, if you will. Um, but I want to ask, what do you like better about each process? Because obviously, you know, with comics, you're a little more collaborative working with your artists and everything like that, whereas your novels, it seems kind of a little more of a solitary thing. So can you compare those processes for yourself? Yeah, I Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, because you're right, there's benefits to both things that I love. I love the collaboration of comics, uh, you know, getting pages of art and lettering and seeing it all come together uh, never gets old. It's always fantastic. And I love it. And I've been lucky to work with great artists and colorists and letters and editors, etc. cetera. Uh, but I also love the solitary nature of novels. I like the long term. I'm going to sit for a year and I'm going to write this thing. Uh, and then I'm going to turn it over to my editor and we're going to collaborate, but like comics kind of starts and stops, you know, like you write a script, if it's a five issue, 10 issue, however long you write a script and then it's done. And then the artist is working and they write the next one and you're getting pages for the previous and you're working on the next. And there's yeah. it's always in this like sear it's, you know, the process is all over the place. You're always in different parts at the same time where the novel is like, you're just going, you're going till it's done. And then you go again and you go again, start to finish. Um, but what I really appreciate to, you know, this doesn't make me like one any better or less, but like, there's definitely more of an artistry to, to a novel. You know, you sit down and, and it's, it's all your words. There's no, there's no pencil, there's no ink, there's no colorist. It's just you. Right. Uh, or scripts are kind of just, kind of a manual it's just like directions you're just like hey here panel one this is what happens you're, you're just kind of giving there's no there's an artistry to the storytelling to the craft but to the actual prose and what i'm writing it's just like i'm just trying to make this as clear as possible like ray runs with db it's not a very right. exciting <laughs> thing to write you know? like it's great to write those characters but like it's not like i pain myself to write that sentence <laughs> you know right <laughs> so yeah. i like you know being able to have that thing with a, with a novel yeah, and on, a, on that similar note, when you when you're writing scripting, uh, which is something I don't think we've touched on this show before, and you're writing like Ray runs with BB-8, do you like to give a little more description? Like I know some people, like you go back to Alan Moore stuff like that with those scripts being pages and pages long, um, versus something a little more minimalistic. Do you find that you like to give your artists a lot of room to run with that, or do you like to have a little more description to kind of guide it? Um, it depends. Um, that's a good question. Like with Star Wars, I, I like to keep it simple um, for a few reasons. One, um, you know, we don't, don't get to dictate the schedules. You know, Star Wars happened like every month, every month, every month. And it goes through so many hands. So our process is usually pretty tight. And the artists, uh, bless these artists, are working under challenging deadlines. So I don't want to waste their time showing off, <laughs> you know, like, so, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, and plus like, you usually don't need it. Like if they're on Endor or whatever, the artist knows what Endor is. I don't need to talk about Endor, you know, like, so I can just say like, wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to say. It's, there's, yeah. it's, it's a forest, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, but like, with something on the flip side of that with space and space when we're going into the worlds and introducing new things all the time. Uh, and I'm working with one artist, uh, Hayden Sherman, for example, like mm -hmm. him and I, he does all that. And we have a different relationship where we're close, we're tight, we're talking all the time, just him and I. And 
more needs to be explained and there's kind of a dialogue happening where I'm explaining things that we talked about separately and putting it in. And then we also have more time, like a Payton's like, I need a little more time, need five weeks this time, or we're taking a break or something like that. That's all totally cool. And it makes it easier for me and for Hayden to get deeper into the process where Star Wars is kind of it's faster and also, like I said, a little unnecessary at most times. For sure. So I, I know that you've written for both the anthology series, uh, Star Wars Adventures, as well as a, a bunch of stuff on StarWars.com. And I know you've already touched on it a little bit, kind of the logistics behind the scenes a little bit. But tell us, what, what was it like kind of transitioning from like a fan, which you obviously sound like a huge fan, transitioning from more of just being a fan of Star Wars to like, writing actually being a creator in this galaxy yeah i mean it was crazy you know like i never for as hard as i was trying and for passionate as passionate as i was and how much i loved it was preparing myself for just this i i never really thought it would happen i was always like well you know they got charles soul (laughs) 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 right (laughs) um uh but uh when it finally happened, and the first thing I did was fly the Falcon, honestly, my mindset then, and it's kind of my mindset even now, was like, well, I'm never going to do this again. You know, this is never going to happen again. Right. So I'm just going to write what I would love to read as a fan. Like, who's, what's the things I want to see happen? That's why you see, it's funny, when I pitched the first, there's five issues with Fly the Falcon, I pitched it to Story Group. And you don't really communicate directly with story group. Uh, it goes through IDW and then you kind of mm-hmm. get word back. That's like distilled into like their most essential notes. And uh, it's just the process. Right. And I ran into story group about a month later and I saw that, you know, a couple of guys and I was like, Hey, I hope you guys dug it. I really love working with you. And they're like, we loved your pitch. It was so crazy. We never get things like that. <laughs> and I was like, which was cool because, yeah, because I was just throwing shit in that, like, I was like, this is what I was seeing as a fan. So I'm like, I'm a, everybody wants to, like, I think the impulses to, like, play the big hits where I'm like, I want to see Embo and I want to see, <laughs> you know, Asian Callus. And yes. nobody's pitching them those stories. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's just because I'm a fan. I, I love those characters. I want to see those characters. So I carry that as much as I can. I mean, that's how. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more. I mean, that's how Battle Tales was born. Just as like, I think this is what I would be cool as a fan. And that's always my mindset, first and foremost. Man, well, you must have some kind of foresight because we are going to jump right into Battle Tales in a second. <laughs> first, though, we're going to take a really fast break and then we'll be back with Michael Morisi. Be back in a sec. Hello there. I'm Meg and I'm a content creator with Utini. The year was 2008. You know, back when people still went to actual stores to buy books. So there I was, standing in the middle of the book aisle, scanning the shelves for this new Star Wars book I'd heard about. Totally lost. It wasn't there. The book I'd waited for, hoped for, nowhere to be found. I was prepared to head home, sad and empty-handed, when the unthinkable happened. An employee approached me and asked if they could help me find something. My hero, my savior. So after I got over my shock, I said, Actually, yes, there's this Star Wars book. Just like that. I'm sure he assumed that this shy 16-year-old girl was shopping for a present for her 
boyfriend or something, but off he went, emerging from the back with just what I'd been looking for. The book was The Force Unleashed, and the store was Target. Why was I shopping for a Star Wars book at Target? I don't know, but I'm proud to say it's still sitting on my shelf, eagerly awaiting to be read again. If you're looking for a Star Wars book in 2020, don't shop at Target. Shop online and make sure you use one of our affiliate links so that you get a book and we get some sense that we can put back into making more awesome content for you. You're listening to The Living Force, and may the Force be with you. And we are back! Michael decided to stay with us, so we're going to keep talking about <laughs> all things Star Wars. Uh, Charles, why don't you set us off with the first question for this segment? Yeah, so Michael kind of set us up before the break, but I think it's time to start talking about some Star Wars adventures, Clone Wars battle tales. So Michael, you mind telling us a little bit about kind of how this idea was was born? Where did it come from? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, So this is one of the rare things, at least as far as I know, it's rare um, that I was actually the alpha of this idea and getting this off the ground usually things like when i did fly the falcon that was something that you know lucasfilm and story group and etc had built that plan out and then they came to me and they said okay here's what you're doing uh this is what usually happens which is good i mean that's they have a massive thing to organize that you know across it's pretty big yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's some stakes <laughs> um, so <laughs> So, but when um, the show got, you know, and I think we all knew it eventually, uh, the the final season would come back. I think we all kind of had that in the back of our minds. It was just a matter of time. Uh, and then when it finally did get announced at San Diego Comic-Con, I had this idea sort of ready, uh, but I've been thinking about this. Um, and it was born out of, um, I'm sure you guys know the, um, uh, the, the Vader's Castle, Star Wars Adventures Vader, Vader's Castle. Yeah, Cabin Theory. Absolutely. Yeah. Cabins, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's kind of the template. You know, he set up a great thing. That was him, uh, his love of Hammer horror films, which is wonderful and amazing. And there's so many mm-hmm. weird references if you love Hammer. <laughs> <those books>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, so I was able to say, okay, well, we're already doing this. And that's always the best thing when you're pitching. It's like, you're already doing it. So let's just do it like over here in this way, you know, right. I was able to go and say, okay, we have Clone Wars coming back. Let's do these battle tales and tell the story the same way Kevin tells Vader's castle. Whereas like there's a three page intro that's like set in the present. And then somebody tells a story that is in, you know, 15 pages worth in the past, then two more pages that caps it off and leads to the next issue. And that's exactly the template. They're like, totally we're down for it they lucasfilm loved the idea we're able to get you know uh you know the powers that be uh filoni and etc to to sign off on it and we were off and running you know and um the big thing i think that they love and that i was most excited about again going back to that fan thing i was like i want to do a clone series like i don't want to use this as an excuse to tell jedi stories and and you know like dooku stories like i want to tell like war battle stories because I love the clones. People I know love the clones. Like I know, like I have two young kids uh, who are immersed in all things Star Wars and they uh, are crazy about the clones. They I love God, them. God, it, it makes my heart <laughs> sing just hearing that, you know? <laughs> it's like, we know we love it, but it's like, oh, like the next generation gets it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, totally. I've said I must have said a thousand times. What a time to be a kid right now! Because the superheroes are back, the Star Wars is back, 
It's, it's incredible. I'm jealous. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, no, there's so much good stuff for them. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, there, it's we we never had anything close to this. We had David Hasselhoff as like uh, as uh, <laughs> what was that? It was oh, it's Fury, Fury, right? That's what we uh. had. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Since the dark so, times. Since yeah, <laughs> the dark times. See people complaining about stuff online. I'm like, <laughs> right. Okay, <laughs> yeah, shut your mouth. You, um, you don't understand what it was yeah, like. Yeah. Awesome. Now, so as you're saying, that, yeah. that series, it, so it, it's going to follow a number of different characters, right? So you got your frame story, then it's going to go back just like the Vader's Castle model. Um, how does the vibe of the series shift with each character? Is, are you, like, genre smashing? Are you doing, like, all kind of battle, battle, battle? How's that going to work? Uh, no, I think there's different, like, the way I approach really any story, but really particularly story for kids, uh, and I do other, you know, uh, young, young reader stuff, like, there has to be some sort of lesson or clear clear how do i say it? it's like clear uh i guess just that's a clear point to it mm -hmm. that is easily digestible so i was like well what are each of these issues going to be about like what are the cool clones you know quote unquote learning um and i think that's an important thing for kids that kids really respond to when you're talking to them in ways that they understand and a story they understand and a point they understand so each story is kind of set around salient star wars messages of like, oh, it's about teamwork or it's about trusting one another or stuff like that. And how do we kind of frame cool clone, you know, war stories around that? Um, so each story will be like, they'll have a different tone and different feel because like the wolf story is way different from the Cody story, you know, like, cause they're just mm -hmm. diff such different characters and the Rex story, which has Anakin is obviously different because they, all the clones have such different dynamics with their Jedis, which kind of helps define who they are. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll have like, they're driven by this, like having this cool kid friendly point, but also leading with the clones and fundamentally who each of these characters are that we that we know and love yeah man i gotta say when you said the wolf story the cody story like my, the, the, the tingle up my spine like what is this world we're living in this is incredible <laughs> i'm so excited speaking of that i have to ask do you have like a personal favorite clone wars series character whether it's a clone or otherwise um i mean it's neck and neck if we're gonna go like broadly um it's it, you know soka and rex are my two favorites oh my god mvps of all time <laughs> literally it must it must be a chicago thing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right those are the correct answers we can continue thank you all right <laughs> Good. Oh. it's true those are the right answers also can the other thing i want oh yeah yes oh man cad bane is fantastic like so so few duros in uh in clone wars in star wars in general we were talking about the other day it's so funny that original characters introduced in the cantina in the first star wars film have virtually had no role in anything other than the battlefront game so no. Really, really kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you, man, I, when I was looking at the uh, the cover artwork. I don't know if this is the final cover artwork or not, but it it's for the first uh, the first issue. It looks very similar to the 2003 sort of uh, Clone Wars thing, that first kind of trial run of Clone Wars on uh, Cartoon Network back in the day. And I'm talking about the super short oh, Gendy, yeah. episodes. I, yeah, I'm sure you've seen those. Did Did you have any inspiration from some of those? I mean, they're super extreme, over the top, like. <laughs> Old school anime, like Mace Windu, like destroying like thousands of 
droids. It's just really crazy, almost ridiculous. And it kind of how you're pitching it makes me think of that a little bit. Um, that way, I definitely it's funny because I have those uh, on DVD, um, and I love I love that series. It's so bananas. <laughs> yes, it really is. It really is over the top. <laughs> um, but I was watching those um, just because. You know, obviously it can't do that necessarily because that's sadly not canon. But like, I do love the spirit of those, particularly how they handle the clones. The clones were like the story. The clones were so cool in that series. Like they were not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, but it is just kind of a happy uh, coincidence that uh, the cover artist, Derek, and uh, we talked about this after the fact, um, when I saw that cover, I had the same response. I was like, oh man, this is like the Gendy. This is just like the, the, the other animated series. And, uh, and he, he expressed his love for it as well. Um, so when you see his pages, even like, it's funny, um, his Asajj looks totally like the, not the really? Wars canon Asajj. Like, it just looks like Gendy Asajj. Oh, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon now. There yeah, we go. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. I, that was the introduction of the character too, right? Like, wasn't that a TV show, the introduction of the character? Of interest? I think so. Yeah, Maybe. right. Yeah, I think Maybe so. so. I think so. That well, right. and then they pretty much canonized more or less her introduction in that show in uh, in the Dooku Jedi Lost novel. You remember that? Yeah, when where Kevin she was like it. an yeah. assassin fighting in the arena, and Dooku came and was drinking wine and watching. Oh her. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I forgot about all that. Yeah. So a lot of that old stuff is coming back. All right, wow, yeah. it's yeah. all connected. Like, in the like force. It's slow, <laughs> year by year, we're gonna see more of it just drift slowly. And so you're doing your part for, for to bring people back to the Gendi. So I, I, I've tried to put in, uh, like, I tried to put in. If you remember the daily novels, bollocks. Uh, yes oh my gosh that is like throwing it way back wow. i try i try yeah. to get bollocks and they're like no we might use bollocks one day i was like you're not gonna use bollocks one day <laughs> <laughs> incredible that's incredible but, charles you're you're kind of our resident knowledge that you read those really recently didn't you like a year or two ago yeah the... not too long ago bollocks and blue max and all the weird droids from all that stuff i loved i absolutely loved so hey bring them back i'm all for it those books yeah. are so good and so weird. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I remember, so we talked to, we keep talking about it, and we talked to Kevin Scott last year on the show, and he, he kept mentioning how happy he was he got Jackson back in. Like, that was his, oh, yeah. his one goal above goals is to bring Jackson <laughs> in. So I think every author, y'all should get one super weird thing you're allowed to get in. <laughs> one request. <laughs> Find your Jackson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, question, the question, the question, the question remains. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> The question remains, who is going to take one for the team and pick a bunch of stuff from Splinter of the Mind's Eye and just make it canon? Just all of it. The whole oh, book. man. Just the whole book canon. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that brave. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it. That's amazing. Um, well, I have one more question. I see a whole lot of books back there on your shelf. So, yeah, I mean, you're oh. clearly a, a big fan of reading in general do you have a do you have a favorite star wars novel of all time do you have something that you always kind of go back to is it the zahn stuff you mentioned or has there been something since then 
I'm gonna look at my shelf. It's actually on the other side. So I have like this is like the general fiction behind me, and then over to the you can't oh, that's, see is that's the, the second tier bookshelf. Okay. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Um, let's see. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's hard. I'd be hard pressed just for the profound impact it had on me to say other than the Air, Air of the Empire and the and the Brian Daly series. Um, if we're looking at canon, I am just a sucker for the prequels. I I, I think Dark Disciple. Oh, heck yes. Ugh. Strong choice, man. Strong choice. My, Great my, choice. It's funny. My, my girlfriend just finished that last week and was texting me angry, like, are you kidding? Wait, what? That's how it <laughs> ends. She was so angry. Yeah. Not because the quality, obviously. Powerful. But no spoilers for the end of that book, but, uh, whew. Yeah. It yeah. destroys you. Kind of a so. kind of a hidden gem in a lot of ways. Dark Disciple is like I, I don't even think I got around to reading it. And I think I read it last year or something like that. But man, it really knocks your socks off. Especially if you're familiar with the Clone Wars. Like honestly, think you should cherish yeah. it until after you've digested the Clone yeah. Wars and stuff. Like yeah, um, strong choice, man. Yeah, they, yeah, that's no. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I I can hear how excited you are about both canon stuff like with dark disciple and with legend stuff like the daily series and heirs of the empire and that's like we're all about it we love every single story in star Absolutely. wars and it's great to kind of just see you live in that <laughs> oh man i'm i i know it i, I don't say i know it all but i'm deep in all that stuff you know because like yeah. I, I i just yeah i mean i just love it like i i read uh last year i'm looking at the shelf i read scoundrels last year too i never had read that one that was super yeah, fun good choice uh, yeah. man that that last minute uh again no spoilers that last reveal at the end of scoundrels twist. i read great it last twist. year myself too i texted these guys like are you kidding yeah it's like like ocean's 11 man it's like yes. yeah totally that's how we pitch it to everybody that might actually be in our utini description of the book on i the think website. it is, <laughs> oh, is it? ocean 11 star wars that's exactly what it is man yeah Totally what it is. There's so many great characters being brought back to canon, too. A scoundrels that brought back Winter, I think. I always talk yep. about Winter. Um, she was such a great Legends character and was brought back in Scoundrels, I'm pretty sure. Scoundrels guess, is like, Legends, man. It, it is Legends. Come on but, I mean, I know it's Legends, but it was like such towards the very, very yeah. end there. I mean, yeah. Scoundrels is one of the last books yeah. written, right? So almost, almost came. Almost. Just that's the it. weird thing. I think that's what you're talking about, like, a, like the hidden gem of like uh, Dark Disciple and also what's – uh, John Jackson Miller's book, New Dawn. Canote, uh, New Dawn. Yeah, those came yeah. out like right. They were like the final. They they they're canon, but they were like right on the cusp, and they were yeah. released in that hazy Disney transition. Mm-hmm. But I think they they that's why they're kind of like sort of missed almost, but they are real real good books. Absolutely, God. absolutely. The amount of stuff we. It's funny, you know, we, we spend so much time looking ahead to the awesome stuff that's coming that if I take a second just to look back at what we've already gotten it, you know, you miss some of those gems. So, but speaking of uh, what's coming up, you, you actually mentioned today online that you are, you spent the day writing some more star Wars adventures books. You got, you were hanging out with Ray Finn and Poe, right? Some of the trio. Um, So can you tell us any bit about that as well? I know we battle uh, battle tales is the big, big one coming up, but that's coming up a little bit in the future. Yeah, so um, I ha- I've had a crazy run. I-, I was doing the math like last week. Like I did the three issues leading up to Rise of Skywalker. Then I did three issues after. Then I've got the five battle tales. And then to get to the point, and then the series, the Star Wars Adventure series relaunches with a new number one in May. 
which is, you know, the month, uh, Battle Tales comes out the five Wednesdays in April. And then right mm-hmm. after that um, is Star Wars Adventures number one. That's going to be um, the story that I was writing today uh, with Ray Finn and Poe takes place between Last Jedi and Revenge of the, Revenge of the Sith. That's broad. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Between <laughs> Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be issues one and two. It's like a two-part story. And then Cav is actually doing doing the the other the, there's the two stories always we're sticking to that format so it's cab and i uh, crossing paths again well damn awesome that sounds great <laughs> <laughs> that's, i got nothing that sounds amazing yeah it's gonna yeah, be fun that's, that's fantastic so you know michael we kind of we wrap up all of our interviews with the same question for everyone. So I don't know if you've ever had a chance to hear anyone who's been on the show before or anything. This might kind of hit you out of nowhere and it is a pretty big question. So prepare yourself. (laughs) Um, That's your warning. You know, ultimately Star Wars is entirely about legacy, right? It's entirely about legacy of battles and wars of families and, and even all the way down to individuals and everyone who is a creator for anything in the Star Wars universe ultimately gets a legacy of their own, just from what they've created, what they've put out there for the fans to enjoy. What is it that you foresee or that you want your legacy to be within Star Wars? When people hear your name, what do you want to have done for them? Or what do you want them to think about? Yeah, yeah you know what? It's funny. Um, I do think about this because I as much as I, like I said, approach it as a fan, I also approach it with the responsibility that like, this is a big deal to a lot of people. I know how meaningful it is to me and I know how meaningful it is to others. And if my legacy is nothing else, I just want it to be like, this person got it right. You know, this person put in the time and the effort and the care and the passion to approach Star Wars. I'm not approaching Star Wars to be like, making it my star wars like i am trying to carry that legacy of what it is what it fundamentally is to under thoroughly understand it and to take that understanding and to tell it again in new fresh ways and new fresh stories um so i hope people look at it and say he loved star wars and he did star wars the right way and if there's no, people don't say anything else than that i will be pretty happy i mean Fantastic. It's kind of the most that anyone can ask for to that point. I mean, like, it, it's a great way to be remembered. It's kind of how we remember all our fondest creators. It's how we think about Zahn. You know, it's how we think about those guys that kind of paved the way before. Uh, I think that's pretty fantastic. Well, hey, before... Yeah, I mean, there's, I think... Yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think we encounter, we know when writers or artists or whoever have the reverence you know and i think that's essential for anything if you're writing you know superman if you're writing batman you know like don't don't do it unless you have that reverence for what it is that you're doing beautiful absolutely well hey before we let you go i know you've been you've been talking about it through the show um but let's give our audience the official pitch i guess Clone Wars Battle Tales, what are the dates? When can they get it? And Star Wars Adventures number one, one more time in case they went to get a drink. When are we getting your stuff coming soon? <laughs> yes. So um, Star Wars Adventures, uh, Clone Wars Battle Tales is coming out uh, April 1st is the first issue. Five issues, five wins. 
birthdays in April. They'll all be out. Uh, and each different issue tells a story, a battle story told from the clone's perspective, whether it be Rex, Cody, Wolf, maybe a new clone's in there. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we are going to see, uh, <laughs> we're going to see, uh, you know, stories told from the clone's perspective and don't have to be like, no, you don't have to know the animated series backwards and forwards. It's good if you're familiar with it, but you can pick this up. It's specifically made, you know, for kids. It's the same spirit of, of the Enjoy it just on its own. Awesome. Well, uh, we will definitely be picking it up. And hey, even if, listeners, you can't make it out to your local comic book shop, you're quarantining, you got Comixology, you can go on IDW, you can get all these things digitally on Wednesdays. You got no excuse because you know we'll be reading them and you don't want us to be alone in doing that. Uh, well, and if you want to uh, look up more of Michael's stuff, uh, you have a website uh, too, is that correct? Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, at Michael Morisi, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and my, my website is uh michael p morisi uh dot com and there's a newsletter uh button thingy on there <laughs> all right well hey sounds good um i mean michael we could not be more excited for your work upcoming it's awesome to hear someone that is clearly such a fan of all things star wars and has so much love for the creativity that goes into it and i'm sure we will be reading your characters uh whether they be deep pulls from the old days of legends or brand new ones uh for years and years to come thank you so much for coming on the show we appreciate it yeah likewise it's good to talk to people who are all share the same uh passion and enthusiasm and I'm, I'm really grateful to to be have been here and uh this is a blast so thank you all of you very much all right that'll do it for our interview with michael morisi and for this week's episode of the living force and that was so much fun if you are new to this show, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and tune in every single week to hear us at Utini talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe, sometimes with authors. If you want to buy some of Michael's books and want to help support this show, look those up on Utini, click the Amazon link on the profile, and we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on. If you want to help us out a little more directly, you can find us on Patreon.com slash Utini, where you'll find all kinds of extra shows, or on TeePublic, where our first wave of t-shirt designs is live. Um, if you want to catch up on our thoughts about the Clone Wars or on anything Legends, make sure you go into Patreon because our new episodes of Bounty Hunt and Legends Look Back are up right now. If you are not yet an Inquisitor level, you may want to soon because we are going to have a new show coming up that involves me and my partner Charlie talking all about the crew in Star Wars Rebels. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled on our Patreon for that. A special thank you to Drew Aburando and Patrick Ortiz and our Jedi High Council and Timothy Dunlap and Ross Orlando on our Alliance High Command for your amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. The show is at Living Force Pod. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Doc Star Wars MD. Charles is at C. Hankel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. Freddie, our producer. And Wes, our community manager. Thank you to Corey and Charles and Michael for podcasting with me. And as always, may the Force be with you. no hatred there is joy there is no division there is union there is no apathy there is passion there is no gatekeeping there is community this is the utini star wars fan code embrace it live by it and above all trust in the living force that's all for this week join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online 
at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.